0: What is up everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple places on the internet. We're live on Woo! Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Pete's favorite platform for gaming. Come on, and other Twitch!
1: Needs. Yeah! yeah.
0: Twitch. Come, How's it going on our Twitch? What up, Twitch? And we are also Pete Twitch! Twitch. And we're also right, live Pete. on Twitter. Pete's coming out hot today. We are also maybe listening later on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. That is all good. We have a great show for you tonight. Ooh, we always do. That's great. I we I think we, we legitimately, for the past six years, there has never been a bad show. What? Like, not once. Uh, not once. I don't know Not one that. bad show. They've nah. all been baggers across the board. All baggers? Listen go back and listen. You listen to them you can listen, you listen to, to every single one you'll be like this is a banger."
1: find this a is a bagger. Bagger. I don't and know especially about those
2: early ones this sound was banging it was <laughs> everything was
1: perfect yeah my favorite is when we finished an episode and then they're like oh yeah we didn't make we couldn't keep the sound. we didn't
2: make it yeah <laughs> <We didn't laughs> keep
1: it. Keep the where sound- the tech guy would be like hey
0: i'd never hit record
1: <laughs> yeah those were the best oh, ones yeah those man,
2: were the fun that. ones. just oh. hearing you say that it hurts Look, like, yeah. we're, we're reminiscing. But
0: I'll yeah. tell you what, things are going swimmingly now, and they're particularly going swimmingly thanks to the amazing people who support us at patreon.com slash comic. Oh! Now, people know that once a month we like to pay tribute to the people who support us there at the $5 and up level. We read off their names at the top of the show, so let's kick it off with Oytus Larson. Read. Aaron C. Hollis. <laughs> Adam DeRose. Adam Harwitz. <laughs> Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. Pete Bring the Stand volume back. The oh my God. Elena <laughs> Fontenelle. Uh, Amanda Harris. Andrew. Andrew Primo. Beer Cat PhD. Benjamin Brown. Carly W. Your mic is so hot tonight.
1: <laughs> Carly. Uh, Carrie Matthews. Chris Leatherman. Christina Jaramillo. Christina Runsfield. Clemens Lure.
0: Demand Ryan. Dan Snow. Daniel Fuentes. Debbie Gloom. Derek Mainhart.
2: Uh, Dylan LJ. Emmett Quish. Jeffrey Risher. Isaac Carter. James Connolly. Jaron Townsend. Jason Donahue. Jeffrey Welly. John
1: George.
2: John the Harry and the Henderson. Jonathan Jong. Jonathan McCool. Joshua W. Broxson, Julian Lobato. KC Newhaven. Kevin Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Liwana Thomas. Luke Asink. Matt Tice. Matthew C. Hernandez.
1: Michael Tillman. Nelson Calso Martinez. Nick G. Nick Grayson. Official CBC Chef Brett Rackers, a.k.a. Stray Bullies.
0: Omnia Solart. Oren Dix. Pedro A.
2: Wrangell. Perry Taliaferro, Pete's Pretty Kitty, a <laughs> Provocative Ambulance, Rev Mikey, Robert Pettinato, Sarah Schattenmuller, Sarah Schaefer,
0: Scott Carpenter, Scott England,
2: My Man Stanley, Steve Cook, Tamil Rush, Taylor Bryan,
0: Terrible Jason, The Big Flood, The Twelve Bench, Victor Perez, Will Buchanan, William Leach. Zachary Bachman. Zika's Viral Comics. And thank you all so much for your support, whether we read your name or not. We really do appreciate it. It really helps to keep the show going. And just to mention, for anybody who's interested, $2 or more gets and you we can access- murder your name. <laughs> You're murdering, no, that's $5 or more when we're oh, it. Oh, But sorry. $2 or more You get yeah. access to our Patreon Slack Which is very active chatting about movies and comic books and food A lot of the times and other things Very fun You also get News. access to our back catalog Of thousands of podcasts going all the way back to 2011 And as I said earlier, all bangers, like that, ah, stop bangers, bangers. Starting from oh, the first hey, one in hey, 2011 hey, All the way through You'd be like, yo, this is too much What is this, a Taylor Swift album? They, oh wow! Yeah, wow. Okay,
2: wow. interesting. Oh, hot yeah, take. I topical, would take it, take that down a little bit. Buddy. Topical comic news. Taylor Swifties. Uh, there was that one that Pete hosted, which I mean, a little wobbly. Like,
1: oh, how dare you! Those were always bangers. Mm. I, I was reminded actually uh,
2: were. they actually were. Bangers. They were bangers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all It's always Pete very confusing to me
1: because we had like very varying
0: audiences. But whatever, at Pete would be like, "God, how do we get more people to the show?" And then when Justin and I were there. Packed, plays back <laughs> every single time. <laughs> so there's some secret you were holding on to, Pete, that you weren't telling us. It's the
2: same reason when you see like a, a fender bender, everybody's stopping and looking and
1: turning their heads. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, uh,
2: I was reminded over Memorial Day that my mom listens to every episode. Oh, and she boy. She wants to donate at the uh, $5 level so that she can have her name uh, honored. Well, uh, I like how she tells
1: you, like, you got to do it. So That's I do have to do it. Yeah. Not so hot with
2: computers. She's not so hot. Right, Mom? Hi, Mom.
1: Aw. Hi, Justice right. Mom. Well, I'll tell
0: you what. We have a great guest this evening, so why don't we bring him in here now that we're done with these opening Oh, ceremonies? yeah. He is the publisher and editor-in-chief of CEX Publishing. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy Schmidt. Hello. Andy. Hey, welcome.
1: Hey. Welcome. Um, oh, the- man. Look at that Excellent. nerdy backdrop you got. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at you go. Oh man, that is glorious! Look Dude, at that.
0: Do you want to ask any specific questions? Well, first off, of... yeah, oh,
1: shut okay. up, Alex. Oh my God, look at those posters! You got Darth Vader there. I mean, that's some badass shit. Oh wow! He
2: talks through this entire interview, and Andy's all right, all right. Andy. Like, well,
0: Andy, thanks so much.
1: Andy, <laughs> what's <laughs> what's your favorite poster back there, man? That's some. Speaking of bangers, all bangers. Look at those. That's glorious, man.
3: Uh, well, the the Ringo. Fantastic Four one holds a special place. He yeah. was awesome. awesome and I still miss him. Uh, Annihilation was one of my biggest projects when I was in yep. Marvel. Yeah, that makes sense. That um, makes it. the the Guardians team up one, it's Rocket and the Pet Avengers. I co-wrote that comic and didn't even know they were making a poster of America's Art, and I saw it in a shop. And I was like, I'll have that. <laughs> I'll take uh, that please. And who can go wrong with Art Adams doing all of the Avengers almost. So I I can't forget. I can't. Break it. I can't. I love that you have a personal
2: connection with all of them. Yeah, I try to
3: have a personal connection with everything. I didn't actually work on Jack Kirby's New Gods in the 70s. (laughs) I was a little weak, but it's probably my favorite comic of all time.
2: Wow. Oh, nice. I've been fooled.
3: And also, let me just pre-apologize to everyone listening as I bring your streak of... 13 years or 12 years of bangers. Oh, how oh, dare you, sir? So,
1: no, don't uh, you, don't. don't Your already poster's already it. made it a banger, dude, so don't even worry <laughs> <Yeah>. about it. <laughs>
2: and Pete had like a, a B12 shot or something before he showed up, so he's just racing <laughs> to this show. He's going to punch a wall in the air. <laughs> yeah! End.
1: How many Mountain Dews did you guys chug before the start? <laughs> uh, zero, zero, Pete. Oh, man, zero. that's a horrible way to live
0: yes andy let's talk about uh, i know there's a bunch of different things that you're working on but the big project that we're chatting about right now that is going on right now we've talked to a lot of folks at zoop and there's a zoop uh, zoop starter is what i'm going to call it for a particular reason uh for luciano vecchio's sereno specifically a hardcover collection first of all did i mangle any part of those names and second of all what is it about, and what uh, can people expect when they check out the book?
3: Uh, you did not mangle it, uh, so congratulations. Uh, so, yeah, that was nicely done. So, Sereno by Luciano Vecchio. so you got that all right. Um, and it's a it's a superhero book, sort of a coming-of-age, you know, as a younger superhero. It's set in this place called uh, Evatia, like, um, which is this sort of futuristic city. So, it's kind of, it's got a, uh, well, here's the comic. Ooh, so when we published it as a series. Go. It's got this like um, that's not the greatest. Well, here
0: I can actually bring it up
3: on screen. Oh, look, oh, sure. there we go. Yeah. So it's, f- got this, uh, it's got this it's got this of like Batman Beyond vibe to it. Yeah. Um, about a younger younger yes. superhero, and he is there at the night watchman in this super cool sort of futuristic uh, sort of city. Um, and at night, like all the bad elements. Like by day, it's like this like kind of super like utopia almost like metropolis and then at night all the bad elements come out and they're all like it's also got sort of some new Agey thing going on where it's like kind of about like panic and fear so it winds up being kind of kind of topical a lot of stuff that we hear in the uh the states uh it confront every day but it's just but it doesn't approach it from like a political standpoint it's just like a, it's just how to be a hero in a complicated world um and it's also a very personal work for luciano because he grew up in argentina um, uh, queer and you know was very uncomfortable like being up front with that was in the closet for a lot of time so it's also kind of his he's coming out as a storyteller doing his first real big creator own book after working at marvel in bc and doing some cool work so it's really but it's it's really great great superhero stories it's um you know a great you know sort of take on, on that younger coming of age story for a superhero. So this was one where when I when I saw it, um, you know, I certainly was not involved as a publisher, like <clears throat> I mean he was working on it on his own and we read it and we all loved it and just thought it was super fun and super stylistic. The art's just phenomenal. Especially what his use of color, because it's like a monochromatic yeah. thing with the spot yeah. colors come in. And it all ties up thematically. So it's it's super cool. And we're trying to get this dope hardcover. We actually, we actually already hit our funding goal last week, so that was awesome. Congrats! Um, yeah, and we just put up yeah. some new stretch goals today that I think are pretty cool, um, including potentially a, uh, a whole new story. So we'll be adding pages yeah. of story to
1: it. So, well, first off, this is absolutely gorgeous. I was looking on, on the Zoo page; it's really unbelievable. I love the whole kind of like three eyes uh, design, which is pretty neat. On on something like this, like you said that he's worked, you know, kind of a lot of it on his zone. Was it just kind of like, uh, kind of just n- kind of nipping and cutting a little bit if from your point, or how did you help him with when he came to you? What was the process like?
3: I recommended that we put it in in English. Um, <laughs> so, <and it laughs> thank turned. you. It Hot turns tip. out, it, like his writing in English is just as good. So, oh wow! Uh, So he translated the whole thing himself and redid all the lettering and, uh, you know, we did a little like grammar cleanup, but like even that was super minor. Honestly, there are projects where even if they are, you know, fully done or close to fully done, where we come in and we got to do some surgery, um, but this this was not one of, this was actually remarkably easy to came in. I think he just has such a sense of like who he is and what he wanted it to be that it just came in so complete that it was a very no brainer to say, yeah, I do want to publish that for sure. Um, and and then how now, often is
2: it that complete when you're, when you're meeting someone or you're seeing a book? For um,
3: well, sometimes we, you know, we will find projects that are, um, that are already completely done. Um, and then sometimes, you know, if somebody comes in with a pitch and they've got maybe five pages or 10 pages of art and, you know, the artist is attached to it. Usually it's a writer that does the pitching. I don't know why that, Typically falls on writers, but it seems to, um, and good you know words. we'll we'll talk about it, and and you know if it looks good, and that's the artist that's going to do it, then then we can be more involved along the way, and and you know my take on it as you know I was started as an editor in the early 2000s. But, you know I started at Marvel and went to IDW, and my take on it is that as an editor, my job is to help them tell their story, kind of the best way that they can. Right, to the right. best of their ability and, and I can give some feedback. But especially on stuff that's creator owned, which this is, you know, I, it's not my it's not my book. So there's no there's no heavy handed me coming in. It's you know, I can offer some suggestions and, and if they're helpful, then great. If they are like, Nope, take a hike, then I take a hike. They're, going, they're the ones that have to live with it for eternity. I just have to live with it for the short time that we have publishing rights.
0: This is a little bit of a broader question, and it sounds like this came in fully formed, but when you, since you have been an editorial for a while, when you have an artist who is interested in transitioning into writing or writing and doing the art at the same time, are there any sort of base tips that you have? I I mean, I understand that every case is going to be different, but is there something where you say, okay, these are the kind of things you're gonna think about as you work from one medium to the other? one part of the medium to the other.
3: Yeah. Um, I, this is kind of funny, but sometimes I have to tell artists who are going to start writing to watch how wordy they get. Mm. <gasps> and I don't know oh, if yeah. it's like, I get to control all the words now, but a lot of times <laughs> like, artists will get super wordy in their comics. And I don't know huh. if it's, it's them, you know, they need to learn just to be more economical with the way that they write or, or what, but that's one of them. It's just like, Hey, you know, or maybe they're like, if I write a ton, I don't have to draw as much because it's all going to be covered up anyway <laughs> don't I don't know. Know the page.
1: I, I would think it would I, be I'd the be like, opposite.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would I would think so, too. I would think they, they'd all be like, we're doing silent comics, but maybe that's yeah. not what they, they feel like they've been doing. Um, so that's actually one of the pieces of advice I give to an artist. That's that's, you know, going to try and, and write or is going to write for the first time is just watch how wordy you get. Um, uh, and then also sometimes they want to get like way too clever like it's like the chains are off and now i can do anything i want and so i will do everything and sometimes it's like okay let's just make sure that there's a reason to do all of those things like um you know so and sometimes though you just gotta do a book and get that stuff out of your system and sometimes chaos is fun so (laughs) yeah um you know it's sometimes it's hard to argue with uh with that but I've, I've helped a few artists um there's a really a good friend of mine but he's a, a very popular artist he was trying his hand at writing for the first time a couple of years back and he called me up and he's like my editor isn't giving me any notes ooh, and ooh. so it's perfect I, I need notes like i'm more like i just need to get this thing to be good enough to not be embarrassing and so, uh, so and it
2: sounds like a writer talking right there. I yeah, just need so uh, to be good enough to so be done still, with it. I was Please. like,
3: well, yeah, of course, you know, I'll help. So he was, He started sending me outlines and scripts. And I, was, and I tried to give him some feedback as some pointers. But he wound up being like this great student because he really wanted to be good. But he was such a popular artist that I think like, like they were like, don't, don't, don't make him mad, you know. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> know. Um, Let they, him you know, write you know, a bad book. Be yeah. careful. <laughs> So, uh, so that was pretty. That was pretty interesting. Um, I've had a few things like that, and then writers that are gonna that are gonna try uh, their hand at art. Um, I usually tell them to start on something small because if they suck at it, then they can just get it out and be, to be done with it. But, um, but yeah,
0: so. much more rare. I I can't really think of a good example of that yeah. happening necessarily, other than like Tom King doing his joke covers or anything like that. Right. Um, yeah.
3: Well, Bendis used to do his own. I know he right. on the show uh, just last week, right? But, um, but yeah, he did his own art for a long time. Yeah, uh, went to art school mm-hmm. to do it. Um, but and actually, when I was editing his some of his books, um, he would turn in layouts for the whole issue. Like he turned in the script and he turned out like a PDF that he would scan of, of all these layouts to give the artists Some of the artists followed him. Some of them didn't. But I think it was just part of his. Because he thinks mm. visually, like I, mean, I think it was just part of his process. After a while, he kind of stopped doing it. I think because he was busy think he was mm-hmm. writing like 78 issues of Ultimate Spider Man, <laughs> right. yeah, alias,
2: Breedy. all new Avengers, you know. Uh, uh Tim he Seeley, he's, he's he does his uh, yeah. sort of does goes well goes back well. and forth pretty well. Yeah. Uh, where's the line as an editor as far as like uh, putting in an idea? If you're when you're editing a book, you're like, ah, I don't know if that quite works what about are you often how much can you suggest before it's a little like you're crossing that line
3: uh i mean it's different for every for every creator of course but you know what i what i try to do is i try to rip off what's there so and sometimes like i pick something out of a book that the writer the artist didn't intend or didn't see and maybe that just means i'm dealing with with different issues in my life i don't know but. (laughs) Um, but that actually happened fairly recently where I was talking, we're, we're looking at a project that I think I, I'm optimistic that we're going to do. I think it's really cool. And, um, and I said, you know, it connected with me because of, you know, there was a there was this sense of like, that like being an adolescent and this feeling of like shame. And, uh, and then I, and then I realized that I felt shameful for, for feeling like connecting with being shameful and as an adolescent <laughs> like retroactively. And, um, but I was like, I, I get this like vibe of this thing, you know, obviously about kids or whatever. And, and, um, and the, and the writer was like, that's really interesting. That wasn't exactly what I was going for, but now that you mention it, I can see it. And, um, and so then we just talked about, you know, like, like what do, what are the themes that you want to bring out and how can we make sure that the, the themes that you intend for the audience to get are the ones that they're picking up on. And I think that shame theme is, was in there. And, and he kind of was like, yeah, that's, that's there. I haven't really put my finger on it. And so he's, I think he's working on bringing some of that up, but somebody else might have just been like, "It's not about shame. So shut up." Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Right. And then you just ask. So what is what what is it about?
2: Yeah. You're like a um, therapist for comic books,
3: basically. I think making comics is its own therapy because oh, we're yeah. all uh, Ooh. like we're all dealing with stuff, right? Any creative endeavor, you know, we we are dealing with things. The first. The first creator on a book I wrote, uh it's called Five Days of Die was years ago. And you know, I had just had a kid and Justin, you were talking about your kids before the show started. Uh, congrats. Yeah. You know, I know it's been a while, but congrats.
2: Thank you. I'm celebrating them less now that they're seven and four. But,
3: <laughs>
2: but you're right, I should. I really need yeah. to.
3: But, uh, so I did this book. It's about a detective and his family gets, it's in this car accident and he thinks there was a murder attempt and they're you know, and he's faced with this decision. I can stay and try to repair my relationship with my daughter, or I can go out and find the bad guy and he's injured. And he only has five days left before he's going to die. It's about five days left. So he, uh, like, and I'm scripting the fourth issue of five when I realized like, oh shit, this is about me becoming a dad. <laughs> is all of my fears about like not connecting with this new kid, you know, like so like, like am I gonna be that dad that's so absorbed in his work that I'm not there, or am I gonna be the dad that that comes back and says work and wait and whatever? And then like I'm right in the fourth issue when like this like bomb drops in my head, and I'm like, oh, that's what this. is about So I really do think when we're making art, you know, we, we're dealing Everything with leaks something leaks out.
1: Yeah, it's it's I, funny you say that, because I, I had a friend who I was just, like, trying to pitch ideas, and after, like, the fifth pitch, he was like, I get it, you like space balls, okay? Like, <laughs> it's super clear that that's your jam and your sweet, you know, spot there. And I was like, yeah. oh, wow, I didn't even notice that.
0: Exactly, we're all dealing with things. Some of us are dealing with the prospect of being a new father, other of us are dealing with we like space balls. So oh, yeah, exactly. All, it's yeah. all even. You know what yeah, I mean? Who's to say what's equal? Equal <laughs> things going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy, oh, talk to right. us a little. Oh, uh, talk to us a little bit about CEX Publishing because you're not just the editor of this book; you're also the dude who is running the whole thing. So, what is the mission of the publisher? What is the what's the overall mission statement? I guess.
3: Yeah. Uh, so we publish creator-owned comics. So uh, and sadly, I think this is enough of a mission statement. Is we we treat creators well, and we make fair deals that includes them in things like profits. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, but uh, that sounds you, nice. Profitable comics, you, you say?
0: Out. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> profits on comics?
3: Yeah. Oh. Well, actually, I was just about to say they're not just included on profits because there are those times where you don't get there. But uh, we actually start paying royalties with the very first copy. So, oh, wow. so we, oh, wow! So that's awesome. And we pay our that's royalties amazing. based on the. Uh, the retail price so even if we sell it like if we run a sale or something they're still getting their full royalty and um wow. yeah but that just puts on onus on us right i mean we have to be smarter about how we sell the books because basically we we have to sell a lot of them in order to pay out the full royalty and cover our print costs and you know our overhead and all that sort of stuff as well so, is
2: there a way you could take over all of hollywood I think we it's sort am of trying. the energy we need right now.
3: Yeah. Uh I am doing my best. That's uh first I'm gonna run for president of comics and then nice. uh and then Well you're on probably, the right show. Probably, probably dictator of Hollywood. I think that's the only way to <laughs> that's oh, that's, wow. that's
2: what's necessary. I think actually Mike Pence is running for a uh, president of <laughs> comics. Uh, He's he just announcing. Yeah,
3: Christmas yeah. Chris yeah. today.
0: His involvement in the January 6th Comics Insurrection, though, is like a little <laughs> nice. I all right, right. Right. No, no, I have I, no, right. I have <laughs> questions. This <laughs> is all my uh, Andy, other uh, than uh, Luciano Vecchio's book, what else should people be checking out from CEX? What's coming out now or upcoming that might interest folks? Uh,
3: cool, yeah. Um, so we've got uh, Just Came Out, Seven Years in Darkness, number one by Joe Schmulke. Um, which uh, sold out, and then the second printing sold out, and we we are issuing the third printing of it uh, right now. So that one is just sort of uh, exceeding our expectations, which is awesome. But it's got a super cool concept. It's like like an an evil version of Harry Potter. There's a a dark arts school that's been closed for 200 years. Uh, It's opened up for the first time. Uh, in that time and, uh, 72 students enter for their first year and only seven will graduate. Mm. Oh, uh, like, wow. Yeah. I don't tough.
1: like
2: that ratio, man. That that's sounds
0: a... like Cornell university. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: boy.
3: <laughs> yeah. so, you are um, a master would, of the dark arts. <laughs> yeah. That one just, uh, that one just hit and it's doing, it's doing awesome. Um, and then we've got, um, We've got Mother Russia coming out, which is uh, not about Russia and Ukraine. It's actually just about, it's about two and uh, zombies and one lone sniper trying to protect a child during a zombie war during the siege of uh, Stalingrad. Wow! And um, we've got, uh, we put out a book that did super well called Saga of a Doom Universe, uh, which is sort of, it's like an homage to 80s superhero crossover events um, nice. So Scott Reed, the creator built like the whole universe that awesome. went along with it. It's super awesome, but it's also much more than just an homage. It's also got this like super cool uh, uh, you know story on top of it that like, gets into like the publisher of the book and like you know the real world like intercedes in what's going on in the comic. It's really, really great. Um, we've got uh, we haven't announced this yet, so here you go. an exclusive. Just Whoa. for you. Um, we are doing uh, yep. Joe Glass and Vince Underwood's The Miracles, which is another uh, coming of age superhero story, but um, but that one's that one's super cool. That one should be announced in the next couple of weeks. Um, other than here, like like a post right. I mean it was just announced, announced yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. This, is it. this is this is it's feels announced since we are live. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we and we basically we try to put out basically a new number one each month. Um, and that might be a one-shot. We is do a it? lot of one-shots, uh, or it could be a mini-series. So we've got Tuskers coming up, which is which is really cool. It's a it's a fully painted book by Daniel Góvar, um, and uh, and it's about you know the the elephant trade and hunting in Africa. And, like he went to Af- the, he and the writers uh, went to Africa and and like explored this whole thing. It's tragic, yeah. but it's beautiful. Um, so hopefully it won't make people super sad, but it's really, it's
0: really good. That's awesome. These all sound very cool and with very, uh, specific pitches. How important is concept for you when you're picking up books versus the teams you're working with, or does it all work into the mix?
3: Uh, it all goes into the mix, but, but honestly, I mean, we are a smaller publisher um, and so when you're a publisher of our size that, and we've only been publishing a little over a year. So when you're a publisher with, that's still establishing their track record, which has been happening pretty quickly, I'm happy to say um, uh, the concept I think is really important because that's like retailers are gonna give you a sentence or two in your solicit. And really that they may not even read your full solicit. So you have to like grab them right off the bat. It's gotta be something that, that not only do they get they like and they think they can sell to their audiences so i know we've talked about like two or three superhero oriented books here but that superhero is not the main thing that we do but there are certain things about superhero books that with the direct market um i know that we can plug those in with certain types of retailers and, and their fan bases right the same way that horror works but you know we're moving into crowdfunding hence zoop and we'll probably be doing a, a you know a kickstarter or something soon and I think on when we start breaking out into other platforms and other places that we can sell books, um, and we're, we're in bookstores very soon. Um, you know, we can we can break out and do more genre that that can have. You know, some can be more for the book market, some can be more for the direct market, some can be more for a crowdfunding platform. Um, it just allows for a lot more that we can do, and a lot of different ways to also, frankly, protect the business so that if one thing sort of drops out. You don't have all your
0: eggs in one basket, so for sure. Uh, well, all this stuff seems very exciting. Uh, oh, one real, yeah, qu- real Justin,
3: quick, please.
2: one thing before we move too far. Early on, when you were talking about your work, uh, we got this comment. Uh, really enjoyed the Rocket Pet Avengers comic. So I wanted to shout that out.
3: Awesome! Thank you. To... Thank you.
0: There you go. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, well, cool. It's
3: amazing. I'm glad someone read it. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, listen, Andy, congratulations on everything. Uh, the book, uh, I read through it today and it's awesome. So obviously it's successful, but congratulations on all the success and I'm sure you will make all of the stretch goals as well. And, uh, looking forward to reading the rest of these books.
3: Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate you having me. Have a good one. All right. No problem. Thanks so Take much. Care. Have a good night. Congratulations.
0: Day. All right, there we go. Once again, that was Andy Schmidt, the publisher and editor-in-chief of CEX Publishing. You can check out Luciana vecchio Sereno on Zoop right now and go support it. Yeah, There we go. And now it is time for our yeah. next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up, and it's your audience questions. And for Woo. audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question basically anywhere we're live except for Twitter because they don't do that at all, but uh, we got a bunch they of things to get to before we get to what we are drinking tonight. We actually have a sponsor that I Ooh, want to read out here. Okay. Here we go. What if victims from your favorite horror flicks had a second chance to change their fates? What, what if they had to compete for their lives against each other and their killers and monsters? in The new comic Try Not to Die... A blonde high school student from a 90s slasher flick, a certain babysitter from a long-running horror franchise, and others are forced to do just that. When these classic horror film characters are abducted, teleported, and taken hostage by a mysterious, powerful being, and forced to take part in their deadly competition where they face each other's killers, fates get crossed, tempers get tested, trust becomes obsolete, and, of course, blood is shed.
3: Try Not to Die
0: is... Are you ready for this? Here's the pitch section. It's pretty good. Try Not to Die is Squid Game meets Cabin in the Woods. And for fans of The Silver Coin, I Hate This Place and Something is Killing the Children... We like all. Oh my our god! Story. Yeah, Great. that's in our wheelhouse. It is a terrifying story about desperate characters trying to prove their fates were a mistake, chances at redemption, revenge, and most of all, survival. By the end of issue one, readers will be at the edge of their seats and realize that there is nowhere to hide from these revenants, monsters, and slashers. Set in a universe where literally all horror genres are on the table, there truly is no other book on the stands quite like "Try Not to Die." From Mad Cave wow. Studios writer Damian Becton and master artist Kenneth Laster, Try Not To Die is now available on Kickstarter. Go to trynotthenumber2die.net to pledge today and bring this comic to life. That's trynotthenumber2die.net. There you go. Uh, so check that out and now let's check out what's everybody's drinking as you probably know Stray Bullet aka Stray Bullies aka Brett Macris always Alex. likes to curate or plan out something for us this week is Negroni week I am having a basic ass Negroni Justin what are you a basic ass Negroni
2: would expect nothing different from a man Alex I got a Mezcal Negroni and I am Ooh, I love it did that.
0: Oh, Mezcal Negroni so good Pete, what about you? Let me just chat. Yeah. Ooh, hazy Negroni. Circle theory,
2: feeling hazy. hazy. Where are you I've been um, with my wife out of town. I've been doing a lot of infusing of uh, alcohol, and it's great.
1: <laughs> I
0: made. <laughs> Not uh, going to delve into that too much. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't want no. to get into that. So let me get this straight. Well, You're saying as soon as your wife leaves town that's when you start to experiment with alcohol
2: <laughs> well not experiment it, it's really it's like lab but it's more much more because i've also been doing it with food it's like at night i don't have anything to do so i like make
1: so some you call kfc grapefruit. and a pizza hut and see which one gets there first is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah that's,
2: cla- that's your dream right that's the <laughs> like parents out of town dream come true uh, I made a grapefruit vodka that is very good and a leek and uh, pepper gin that Ooh. is, like, perfect for Bloody Marys, but also I mixed it with a little Lillet for a, a sort of martini-esque drink, and it tastes just like a dirty martini. It's very good.
0: Oh, very nice. Uh, well, cool. We got a couple of questions popping up here already. This is from All in the Game. The Flash Rotten Tomatoes 73. Here, let me give the setup for this before I get into this. So, the Flash review embargo broke today at 3 p.m. So, official critics' reviews are up now. So, all in the game is saying the have Flash you seen Rotten it? Tomato. I have not seen it. The Flash mm-hmm. Rotten tomatoes 73% at 66 reviews, 6.5 out of 10, and Metacritic 60 out of 100. Some of the VFX not that great, apparently, which is weird since they had so long to work on it. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think the question here is what do we think about the Flash reviews now that they're out? Like he says here, or uh, all the game says here, um, there's definitely, like, there was early, we've talked about this a lot, but like James Godden said, this is the best superhero movie ever made. Several other people, including Steve. Yeah, that's King. the
2: thing, is like my, D- the DC Comics website, or the D- the uh, <laughs> DC Universe website has it at 100%.
0: Yeah, that is weird. That's like back in the day when you read Nintendo Power, they're like, I don't know, I think this might be the best Nintendo game of all time.
1: Yeah, but it was <laughs> probably true though. It was true. My favorite, yeah, one of
2: I, my it, I get things- my news from Nintendo Power. I
1: all my the absolute time. favorite things was
0: in Nintendo Power. They'd be like, "We got an exclusive from Nintendo," and I'd be like, "Really? How did you get that? Where'd you get? Who guy? Gave- who gave that to you? That's crazy." There's
2: just like, <laughs> there's like. <laughs> Uh, a beat reporters just wandering around the office building like, hey, any news
0: Got some scoops, Nintendo sir. Power? <laughs> yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen, I gotta get some scoops for the latest issue. Uh, I will say, my one, uh, my saddest career ambition as a journalist is that Nintendo Power doesn't exist anymore. I would love Love we to work there someday. Leave, oh, that Leave that up. Leave yeah. that up. We're still answering the question here. We haven't actually talked about the Flash reviews, Pete. Pete, stop it. I never should have given you control over Pete. this. <laughs> back to Don. <laughs> Don't touch the
2: machinery. <laughs> Do not touch the machinery. <laughs> yes, me. You're anyway, like, you're so like one of the kids at out. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory.
0: The initial reviews were very positive. Uh, also out of CinemaCon. People who saw it there were very positive about it. But I think we talked about it even then. There felt like... There's a little bit of a strained smile behind the reviews, and that's coming out even more with these new reviews of pretty much everybody is like, wow, really emotional. Michael Keaton, great, uh, has a really rough third act. And the VFX are bad. See it on the biggest screen possible. And it I don't know. I Everything that I hear about this movie sounds worse to me the, the more that I hear yeah. about it. Justin, I don't know if you have an opinion
2: Rarely, rarely when I'm seeing a movie I'm really enjoying, am I like, can we make the screen bigger? I just can't enjoy this movie. The screen's not big enough. Um, I mean, the thing is, what?
1: He wanted so the screen bigger. With, I was just making the screen bigger for him. Oh, you're no, right.
2: You're right. No. Yeah. Uh, this dovetails nicely with perhaps a discussion about um, the Spider Verse. There we go. Wow, is that better? Ultimate, I put you on uh, so there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, finally. The, we should do this all the time. Uh, Pete's mm-hmm. releasing separate podcasts. We should all just have our own <laughs> show, hey, show.
0: Hey, time. hey, hey! Take it easy, things. all right? Who said take that? Take it easy. Who said that? I can't see who said that. Uh, no one's talking. <laughs>
2: this is the Justin Show. Um, with a Spider Verse, seeing the possibilities of comic book movies and knowing that the Flash, if it is a good superhero movie, is Alex still drops in like the individual shit monitor. all the
1: time. I don't know why you're getting on me about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Since you are out of control tonight, Pete. Yeah. Uh, yes, I understand what you're saying. I think, like, listen, maybe it's good, but it's also, uh, maybe this is what you're getting to. It's on the heels of Across the Spider Verse, which has been considered one of the best superhero movies of all time and completely crushing the multiverse stuff. So, yeah, but so I they, heard
1: the sound isn't that good, and uh, they keep doing a stupid running bit the whole time. Oh, my God. I am not talking to you ever about this movie. Pete. You it's
2: are. And I'll tell you what, Pete, you have a lot of not great opinions. Being an anti-Spider-Verse is perhaps your most insane.
1: (laughs) I take it easy. I'm not anti-Spider-Verse. You just didn't like the first movie and haven't seen the second movie? Uh, First off, uh, how dare you put those monikers on me? Uh, There were parts of the first movie that I very much enjoyed. There was just one little bit that I didn't think was very enjoyable. Oh boy, I don't want to talk about
0: this. Uh, let's move on. This is here. This is a question for you and me, Pete. Uh, from Kevin says, question for Alex and Pete. Do you have any other projects to plug?
1: Uh, yeah, me and Alex are working on a couple of podcasts. You know, just the two of us, just kind of cranking out some material? new material. Yeah,
0: just kind of shoots some stuff. Seems risky. Yeah. See what sticks. You know, we're doing a relationship advice stuff. Stuff? podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess
2: it. I guess it makes sense to have you two famously get along very well. Just yep. be talking to each other without yeah. any sort of other factor there to maybe smooth over any weird tensions that are developing.
1: Oh, Weird. Yeah.
0: I don't think so. Pete, do you, uh, in all seriousness, do you have any other projects you want to plug at this point? I
1: don't know what Kevin is getting. I don't know, but I, you know, I sent an email to you guys about trying to do a live show. Uh, I haven't got a reply on that back. That's, so that's it, with
2: you know. us. That's with us.
0: <laughs> that counts as that's
1: a us project. It's a project that i would like to work on with you guys it's uh called doing a live show
0: that's mm. a, great it. there we go uh i don't know if we have any hey, alex questions. what about you uh no i don't think i have anything else i do this podcast and i take care of my children um my big upcoming project <laughs> don't forget your wife you've uh, she's not here, so I'm just infusing alcohols at this point, infusing oh. uh, the... <laughs> it into my body right <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, yeah, my big project coming up is I completely splurged and got myself that Lego Batcave. The Bat? <laughs> oh, Are you guy. serious? I am. It's arriving tomorrow, and right How... now. I'm trying to think around <laughs> Tell my how many year old son. No, this is for Daddy. <laughs> this is Daddy's oh, liquor. That's going to be entered so another hard.
2: Phase. <laughs> you've entered another phase in your life, Alex. Between Zelda and this, yep. what's up? Are you having a midlife crisis? No, not
0: every Zelda is Zelda is amazing. I love playing Zelda, and yeah. legitimately, like I love playing it with my son because. We actually, <laughs> it sounds so stupid, but we play really well together. Like he very much is like, he will take the controller for some things. I'll take the controller for others. He's actually way better at the puzzles than I am. Like he figures them out like that. So while I'm better at the fighting and he gets like a little scared when he's fighting the monsters. So that works out very nicely. On the other hand, this is the this is a large Lego set that I've, I, I've always wanted to get myself a large Lego set. <laughs> How many pieces? <laughs> Alex. <laughs> it's almost 4,000 pieces. Wow. It is the full on back. You period. don't have a lot of space. You know what I mean? Like no New City is known reason, for here's space. Here's the reason. Here's the reason that I got this is, you know what? I'll, I'll see if I can find a picture of it to bring up if we're going to do another question or something. But, but
2: it, there's a lot of people saying like, we uh, got to see your progress. Uh, yeah. Please, please post TikTok a, the yeah. progress.
0: Yeah. No problem. Gotta um, get it going. All right. Well, I'll see if I can bring it up. Oh, you know what? I could probably bring up a screen here. This is all very important to do, right? Yep. Yeah. Definitely. You selling
2: us on the Lego Bat Batcave. Cave? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, super that's a fun side project.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, is this is this showing up now? Yes, it is. So yeah, it's this huge Bat Cave right there, and the reason that I got it is can it's you actually, click on
1: it so we can. You know, we're seeing a lot on the screen right now. You know what I mean? Help us out. Yeah, there we go. So that's what it looks like. It has the Batmobile. It has a Bat symbol that you
0: open up, and it basically works as like a show box. Uh, So you could fold it up with the Batcave, but it comes with the Batmobile there. It comes with uh, this person. Uh, It comes with an orange. I don't know what that is. Uh, And then it also has like Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. It has a Max Shrek Lego (laughs) of all things, Penguin and other things, so... I'm very excited. I love Max Shrek. But yeah, there you go. 3,981 pieces. I'm very excited.
3: Dude, how much is that? Almost
0: $500, bro? Sure is, man. Oh my God, dude. (laughs) Holy shit. I Dro- I actually said, five five hundred on Lego. here was my plan. I told my family this. Like I've always wanted one of the enormous like Millennium Falcon or Death Star yes. or one of those Lego sets. Yes, I was like for my fiftieth birthday. That's what I'm going to do. Is I'm like, going to drop that amount of money because it's too much money. But then this came up. That Returns one of my favorite movies of all time. It fits on your shelf really nicely. Which uh, shelf, add, so It looks pretty busy back there. This one over here, right yeah. behind me. So you're gonna take off Watchman right. and all that's yeah, gone. I'm get rid of this uh, stupid fucking Sonic screwdriver from Doctor Who that nobody likes. I'm gonna get rid of yeah, this Watchman watch. I mean, like, who who cares about that? Right. I'll I'll take that. Yeah. Send that to me. That. I'm gonna take that R2D2 over there, which you can't see. I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna break its legs off and throw it in the garbage. Come know? on, man! Don't hurt R2. Nah. What about all your
2: diaries that you write your secrets in that are also on that bookshelf?
0: They're now going to be for keeping track of my Lego set. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, well, uh, anyway, uh, I think we've got another question here. I don't know if it's a real question. This is from Stray Bullet. Uh, I have Lego pieces that I won't let my son touch. Are there things in your life that are clearly for kids, but you won't let your kids or nieces and
1: nephews go near? Pete's <laughs> laughing, meaning basically everything in his life. <laughs> uh, no, I just think it's funny that, um, you know, uh, I like the setup of this whole question here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I so far I don't have any, I mean, other than adult things that children should be near, but uh, yeah, no like kids stuff. Uh, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, but with my kids, I let them clean up spills with my comic books. And, oh,
1: Jesus. And,
2: uh, uh, cut them into pieces and wear them as like hats and dresses and stuff. You're awful, man. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I know once. I, I need to get them graded. So just walk me through that. Once. <laughs> uh, I have them in a good place. Yeah. Right, when you, they they, you say bagged and boarded, I just need to put them all in like a big plastic, like a garbage bag, right? That's mm-hmm. bagged.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And boarded, yeah. I glue them to like a two by four.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Your kids will love it.
0: I, in all seriousness, I always tell my kids that stuff is meant to be played with, to- toys are meant to be played with, and uh, mm-hmm. comics and books are meant nice. to be read. Toy Story. You know? Toy Story, well, well, Yes, and that's where I learned that. I didn't know that before I saw the Toy Story programs. Yeah. But, but when it comes to your Batcave, what are you going to do, Hotcha? No, no, no. Here's the thing. He, uh, my son is 100% welcome to play with it. I just want to build it myself. That's what. Oh, I want to okay. Do. That's all I so do. So
1: you won't be like a freak about I, it once it's up there. People can 100% touch it, They break can do whatever it, they want with it. Like they, it with legitimately,
0: after I built it, if they, yeah, if they want to break it apart and do it again, that's totally fine. But just what I like about Legos is, is the experience of building them and seeing them come together like a big puzzle. So there you go.
2: And once you finish it, Batman comes and says, "You did a good job." <laughs> You're <laughs> my so Robin. You're my Robin now.
0: I'm adopting you, Alex.
2: I love you, Alex. I'm your dad. <laughs> uh, you right, want to this... get nuts with me, your friend Batman? Let's get nuts.
0: Hey, you know what I heard is that apparently Michael Keaton improvised that line in the first Batman movie. You want to get nuts? Let's get
2: nuts. It makes sense. The fact that that line has been like canonized and lionized, I'm like it's a fine line, but it sounds made up. <laughs> it's yep. not something someone's like, I got to have Bruce Wayne say this line.
0: Uh, Pencio Mundial says, are you guys interested in reading Battle Chasers number 10 coming 30 years after the series started? I didn't know this was happening, honestly. I don't know about you guys. Uh,
2: that's Joe Madera, right? His comic yeah. from way back in the day? Oh, wow. Um, I'm down for that. I I only read a couple of the original Battle Chasers, so it's not like I was a fan of that, but Joe Madera's art, I feel like, I always liked it. And so, more work from from him is cool.
0: Great. Uh, this is from Prime NRG. What are the most rare, historically important comics you think you own?
1: Ooh, uh, the one where Wolverine lost his Animantium I own. I was pretty excited about that. Mm. He lost it
2: like it fell out of his pocket.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah just mm-hmm. yeah, just the old pocket drop, classic, hole in the pocket.
2: I've got uh, some old Archies that are from like the '60s, I think, that are maybe cool. Um, I've maybe got cool. like that are maybe cool. I've got a very old "What If" that mm. I feel like is one that um, it, I think it's like "What If the Hulk would if Wolverine killed the Hulk or something like that."
0: Mm. Um, I, uh, I I brought this up on the show before, but I have a basically almost dust copy of Fantastic Four Annual Number no. 2 and a couple, of their, a couple of their comics from that age oh, that yeah. used to be my dad's old comics that I don't even want to look at because they're going to fall apart. But I don't know that I own this, but I feel like I probably have this somewhere. I was thinking about it this weekend after watching Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, Ultimate Fallout number four, which introduced Miles Morales and whatever issue of Edge of Spider-Verse mm. it was that introduced Spider-Gwen, those have to be worth a lot of money at this point, right? I think. I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't think, think comics are valued uh, comic, way, I You don't think anymore. comics are valuable anymore?
2: <laughs> I mean, sort of. Yeah. They, the reason comics are, oh, from back in the day are valuable is because pe- people would literally throw them away like magazines. Mm -hmm. A and B, their print runs were way smaller. So they were way, they're much more rare items. Now they print so many that you can find a lot of them.
0: Here, I'm going to look it up. Ultimate Fallout number four value. This is from gocollect.com, my favorite site. Um, Mm. At a 9.6, it's
1: uh,
3: $768. Woo! You can get a bat bat K for that.
1: You can get a whole another back game for I, that. I definitely can.
2: That's how you count your money now. You have like, oh, the rent. do. Games. I owe them six back
0: games? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got six of the sets, but they're all for me. My son can't do any of them. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that is it for our audience questions. Wait, the, Kevin
2: asked, fine, Justin, do you have any plugs? And I would like to plug one thing. I'm doing a show on Thursday Characters welcome this week. I'm doing that. I did that last weekend on Friday. It was very fun. But at Caveat, Mission to Zix, a live show. Oh, nice. Maybe some old Durf hanging out uh, situation happening there. So Ooh. if you're a fan of that, please. Is
1: the care. Verizon guy going to be there?
2: Yes, Alden.
1: Yeah, with all that Verizon you know, money, you
2: know, you know Alden. <laughs> you know. Yeah.
1: do you know how many
0: bat caves does he make for doing a Verizon commercial? Yeah, it's got to be a lot of bat caves. I, I
2: can't, I can't count his bat caves. It's too much to think about. <laughs>
0: All right, we're going to move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All
2: right. This this is the part
1: we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win $25 in the form of a Midtown Comics gift card. Or, uh, of course, maybe uh, Long John Silver for some reason. Uh, Do we have a brave volunteer or do we need one now? Looking um, in the oh, direction of Alex? Alex. Yeah, this yes, I was so uh, just putting a little note uh, in the okay, chat. Okay, there we go. Great, great, yeah. Ooh, uh, no. All right, there we got Pick one. Me. Pick me is in. Oh. All right, so here we go. Today's trip is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend, Tina Turner, RIP. Please listen to all three How options before... you this be? What movie could you be referencing with Tina Turner? <laughs> hey! What a wow. mystery! Uh, Zalbin! Alex,
2: you mm. bastard.
1: <laughs> Zalbin, right here, dude. Zip yeah. it, all right? This isn't the fucking Zalbin hour, it. okay? Yeah, Zip this it. is now, this is my yeah. time. My time down I'm here. Sorry,
2: this is,
0: yeah. I'm sorry,
2: this, this is, is a the story Alexander about Zalvin Zalvin
1: a little boy that did shh. Right, Pete? That's right.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. <laughs> the, the fact that you know that is not cool.
1: well, (laughs) please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. New comic from Ed Brisson coming out through AWA Studios in June. What is the fun title? Is it A, Sins of the Sultan C? Is it B, Jane Payne? Or C, James Payne? So, clearly, number one, because I said fun title, and that number is... Number one? Number one.
2: Are we all, we're moving That's my hint.
1: No, that's my hint. I'm not giving them the... I'm not saying A. Oh. I'm saying number oh. one. Like the first oh, option. That's here. very
2: tricky. Wow. Uh, you
1: see what I'm doing Smart. there? Smart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, My
2: four year old just learned that, so she will not, maybe not. So,
0: Panico, if I'm not uh, mispronouncing your name, just put A in the chat.
1: Yeah, if you could. Then we uh, can move uh, on. If, if that's what you believe the right answer is, and A is, is broken. Trivia is broken trivia's on pretty, this show. Yeah. Yeah. The trivia's we been broken for, for, for many a time. There we go. Number one, he's right. All right. Uh, here we go. Question number two Who is going to write the new Captain America comic coming out in September? is it a j michael straczynski or is it b maximilian osinski or is it c jack nicholson hmm. mm. yes uh, again it is a uh, well done uh, well done indeed okay That's here we amazing.
2: go to answer one minute before you ask
1: exactly the there are already they know what's up here we go last one Question number three, in the new trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, which looks amazing, by the by, who is the voice of Master Splinter? Is it A, Jackie Chan, B, Moe Bumbercatch, or C, Elton John?
0: Hmm. Well, I I, uh, I assume...
1: pronounced Panico.
0: Panico. Uh, panico, you should probably put... A in the chat again yeah that is say. true or one or whatever we're doing this week yeah exactly
1: good yeah. Uh, way to roll Alpha. With it's out there uh yeah. oh hey cabin. there we
0: go panico you got it That's
1: congratulations right. amazing
0: incredible out of nowhere uh now if you would like a gift card to um i was gonna say comic book club midtown comics or either long john silvers uh, that would be us. cool <laughs> yeah you can get a free comic book club Email us at comicbookclublive at
1: gmail.com. And Pete,
0: what secret movie were you referring to?
1: Well, Pablo D. Martinez is right. What's up, Pablo? I was talking about the 1975 banger, Tommy. Mm. All All
3: right.
2: I, I will say you upset expectations by definitely choosing that movie. Suck
1: on that one, uh, Zalbatron. <laughs> oh,
0: wow.
2: You really got with me. I wish you had
1: to- talked about
0: my favorite movie with Tina Turner, though. Well, we didn't uh, What's Last, last action,
1: action Hero is probably what you were going to yeah, say was it was gonna She say was the mayor yeah,
0: Exactly, of course As we all know, new comic Makes books sense. are coming out all the time What are you guys looking forward to,
1: Bert? Oh man, there's a lot of great stuff And I can't wait to talk to you guys all about it uh, <laughs> Tomorrow at 9 o'clock uh, The Joker, the, mas- uh, the Man Who Stopped Laughing, number 9 Very excited about that In Hell We Fight, number 1 Very excited about that one as well Hmm. Justin, what about you?
2: i got to give it up to a couple as well. Uh, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number six, by Jason Aaron. Oh, Uh, yeah. That's a a fun comic. I look forward to discussing it with my friend Peter J. LePage. Yeah, we're going to get into that And I want to shout out Fantastic Four, number eight. Ryan North, I think, has been really bringing about a classic return to Fantastic Four. And uh, I love it. What's the matter?
1: Oh, we're going to get into that one. Uh, Well, I'd like to give a shout-out to
0: Maleficent, number two, from Dynamite. Disney. uh, yeah! Yeah. Yeah. Shockingly good. I was surprised. I didn't look this up, so I had no idea, but I thought the first issue was a one-shot. I was like, great, it's done. So when I saw this pop-up here, I was actually very excited to check it out. So all of those books, as Pete mentioned, and many more, I think we're going just south.
2: Alex, what do you think when... When they get to the um, the Toy Story villain book, and it's like the abstract concept of existence is the villain, <laughs> or oh, uh, or uh, well, infectious. Lots, lots of taking culture. Be, it's going to be a lotso. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm sorry. I understand. I understand your joke, but it would be lotso that doesn't make any sense, Justin. Okay, lotso is the. That's villain. not. You're he's sand. not the villain. He's you redeemed at sand. the end, Alex. You're and he joins the prospector. Them. What about the prospector? The prospect. Hey, this is fun. All of these books and many more are going to be talked about in our stack podcast that rolls out in its own dedicated feed at the Comic Book Club feed. <laughs> uh, what is going on with that squeaking? Uh, Comic Book I was Club Sorry, sorry oh, I was squeaking. Wee, I'm a mouse. Uh, Comic Book Club feed Wednesday at 9 a.m., so check that out. And, folks, that is it for this week's show. Thank you so much to Andy Schmidt Shoot. for coming on the show. Be sure yeah. to check out Luciano Vecchio Sereno on Zoop right now as well as everything else. Cool from CEX Publishing. Next week, we're going to have a big show. Very excited about this. Oh, it's Tilly a big Wal- show? Big show. Really big it's show. It's a big show. Really big show. Tilly Walden is going to be here to talk about the second volume of Clementine, uh, the spin-off from The Walking yes. Dead. Also, Alex Believe is going to be here to talk about the Marvel art of Lovely. Alex Believe. So hopefully, Ooh. I think, Two great interviews. I'm very excited about that. Also check out Sons of a Gun, our DC podcast that is rolling out semi-weekly talking about DC stuff. Including coming up. It's Flash. weekly.
2: We just haven't done one. Yeah, yet. we just yeah. didn't do it this past this week. Uh,
0: Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast. You can check out our extensive Across the Spider Verse review, just went up and other episodes. We got to talk it. We did. It I, I wouldn't have stopped talking if you didn't look tired. Riverdale After Dark, the our Riverdale podcast, rolling I out think. weekly talking about episodes. Patreon.com slash the the Season! Club to support this show and all the shows we do don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter Comic Book Club Live on Instagram or TikTok ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more until next time good
2: night good night, good night.